What is up and welcome back to the podcast, Social Skills for Dummies. It's the host of the podcast, Dallas. Man, welcome back to day 14. Um, What I want to talk about this episode is just a quick little brief episode on how you tell jokes. Um, Because when I was growing up, I wasn't good at telling jokes. (laughs) Like, you know, I I was on both sides of the coin. Not only was I not good at telling jokes, I I was also not good at perceiving jokes or reacting to jokes. Like, there would be so many times, like, I'd be, like, in an elevator or something like that or in public, and some old dude would tell me, like, a joke, and, like, I just wouldn't even know how to react to it. It'd be so off the wall and outlandish. Like, jokes were just not my forte, and so I would give him, like, uh-huh, yeah, like, yeah, that's funny, whatever, like, you know what I mean? Um, And even when I was younger, like, you know, I was always the person that, like, I would think of a joke low-key, like, when I, when I, when I would know somebody or want somebody to laugh at something, I would think of a joke and I would stew on it for a little bit and, and then I would say the joke um, and it just wouldn't hit. Like I used to tell those jokes where people would just go like, aha, yeah, they, they give me a fake laugh for courtesy, but they like, haha, it's kind of not funny or or they would even go out on a limb and ask me like, well, like, what do you mean? Like, what does that mean? Like, 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 like they wouldn't even understand it was a joke. The joke was so bad. Um, like I would tell jokes that were just weird or people wouldn't understand and it's funny enough, I man, I grew up um, and when I was in middle school, my best friend uh, in middle school, uh, you know, he was always like he grew into in that area of his life, it, like into the funny guy. You know, everybody thought he was cute, whatever, sure, but everybody thought he was hilarious. Like he was like the coolest class clown. Like he was, he was a class clown without the clown part. And man, everything he said just hit. Like he would say the most weird, funny, outlandish things, and it would just hit. Like you know, funny enough. Like, a lot of the times, like, I would say a joke to him, and he would repeat it to everybody else. And if I told the joke, no one would laugh. But whenever he told it, they thought it was the most funny thing in the world. And so, growing up, a lot of the times, like, you know, um, I thought joking, like, being able to be witty and charismatic and quick with it and just tell a joke off the rip, it was something that was just, like, inherent. Like, it was naturally, like, something that you were naturally born with. Like, oh, he's just one of those funny guys. Like, he's just a funny dude. Um... But funny enough, you know, with time, it's not something that I practice necessarily, but through the journeys in my life have became, you know, became more, more native to myself. And so I want to talk about how to tell a joke, in the, like the journey that I kind of went through. Um, and so I want to relate it to this 14-day, uh, 30-day ch- uh, challenge. You know, the overall mission of this 30-day challenge, like when I first started, was just to resharpen or 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 step back into my natural extroversion by redepleting some of the things that were building up under the surface because I was engaging in my old habits and becoming more addicted to my old ways. Um, you know, like I said in the last podcast, so my brother said, you know, um, in the email he sent me, you know, uh, we get trapped in the eras in life where we learn to become who we are. Okay. And in those eras and who we are, it's a rigid mindset, rigid thinking. It's a lot of traumas, a lot of fears, a lot of pains that keep us in the box. And, 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 and we remain that person, you know. So for a lot of us, we're a lot. We're still a scared kid whose parents didn't care about anything they had to say. We're still the kid, you know, the kid that got told they weren't funny, that were told to shut up, and we're stuck in that era. And so our habits match that era. I found myself at the beginning of uh, February, kind of falling back into the same lifestyles and same patterns. And having a reduction in my extroversion, therefore, you know, and so what I was kind of going for when I started this 30 challenge, 30 day challenge was just like, um, I wanted to like reintroduce complete devotion and complete discipline, 
um, into the seven steps that are involved with purging everything underneath the surface that are stopping you from st stepping into your natural action version. And so it's like a general overall goal, or overall mission of extroversion. It's very broad and very vague. You know, essentially the way I was looking at it was, you know, I'm I'm looking at it like a, like 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 a like a person. I want to go to the gym, and I want to become more athletic. Okay. And so I'm going and I'm, I'm, you know, the funny thing is like I stepped into this, you know, in a rugged stance, but, but I've been getting more back into, you know, in, in a rugged way, but I've been getting more and more back into the cycles of pure devotion as time has gone on. And the funny thing about pure devotion to a broad and vague idea, you think kind of at the end of the rainbow, you step into that broad and vague idea. Like if you work out and you eat right, you think. You just step into a natural fitness, or you step into a fitness in an athleticism. You become an athlete. But it's crazy as time is going on, it, like devotion is a funny thing. Because not only does it get you to that end goal, but you know, it boosts your 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 it boosts you in a spiritual way. It's almost like the process and you know, engaging in the process and enjoying and indulging in the process kind of like pushes you to a spiritual renewal and that spiritual renewal in inside of you is like a tide that raises all ships and so you know going along with this athleticism metaphor it's like you know i've become more and more and more athletic the more i shed the things underneath the surface that are just keeping my inhibitions up and while i'm becoming more and more and more athletic i'm finding myself because of the athleticism and because of the spiritual and the mental boost I've become greater at other skills, you know, um, it's like, you know, like your body's becoming more sharper, but your mind and your spirit and therefore your looseness and perception is becoming more sharp. And whereas you got an athletic body now, you find yourself playing sports better with skills, like specific skills are becoming more sharpened. So you're dribbling better. You're suddenly like you could play basketball. You could shoot better. Like weird things start to happen when you start to, you know, you know, devote yourself to this process and, um, and, and and there are things that happen that are outside of the the reward that you that you seek the most that that are that that are actual reward of the process. And so, funny enough, going through this process, you know, it kind of you know uh, reconfigured, uh, it, it reintroduced my, into my mind, you know, the idea that you know a lot of the things, like the, a lot of social skills, are already there. A lot of the social skills we have are already sharp, are already present. But we just don't have the ability to access them because our trauma and the things that are underneath the surface create inhibitions and create these roadblocks that stop us from being that person. And so most recently, you know, when I'm in public, like I found myself like almost crying, laughing. I've been laughing a lot and I've been telling jokes a lot and having people just dying, laughing from it. Um, and the reason is, is because as I go on this path, as I'm doing all these mechanical body things and I'm trying to just remove this trauma underneath the surface so I can become more whole as a person, you know, other things are, are also going up with that tide. And so like my, my ability to think laterally, you know, my ability to see a variety of solutions or outs to a situation when it's offered to me. And so, you know, um, it's like, you know, a quarterback or like, like, like Kyrie Irving or something like that. When he's dribbling up the court, 
you know, because he is Kyrie Irving, the amount of finishes that he sees at the end of the court is probably innumerable. It's like uh, almost like Doctor Strange or something like that in in the Marvel movie. I haven't even seen that movie, but I know like he can see all the endings to to the movie or or whatever the hell. He can see all these outcomes. He can see so many different outcomes because he's built himself. He built his not only he's built his body, but he's built his spirit and he's built his mind. And so it's like the bandwidth of his mind is just performing on a different level. You know, it's not maybe he has greater athleticism than some people. Maybe he has greater like actual skill and ability uh, in terms of like how much he's practiced and learned than other people. But he has a greater processor and ability to take it all in than other people also because of that training he's done is what I'm saying. And so, you know, um, similar like somebody would say something to me and the more like I kind of level up and level up and level up. It's like, you know, a tree of responses in my brain just open up every time somebody says something to me. Like my brain, my creativity, my ability to respond with something witty or funny is just moving that much more quickly. It's just moving with that much more diversity. It's just moving that much more efficiently. And everything corresponding with that, like my vocal tonality, um, my facial expressions, my body language is just clicking up and syncing with it almost as a natural process because that's a skill that most of us already have. It's just waking up the you know uh, unlocking the bandwidth to use that skill to its fullest capacity it's like if you're a short dude and you're playing basketball and suddenly you know you're just six foot five you know obviously you know the physics of the body would be different but let's say everything just was was congruent you know what i mean to how it was everything was exactly the same um and you was just able to just dunk like you'll say you were a dunker before and you were five eleven you were dunking then you were six nine it was just like the bandwidth, the capacity for the body to take the skills that you have and implement them. It just goes to a different level. And so, I don't know, like, like that's one of the surprises of this 13, uh, uh, 30 day challenge, you know, in implementing these seven steps. A lot of the things, a lot of your ability to tell jokes and respond to social situations, uh, a lot of your natural extroversion and the skills within uh, are really defined by how much bandwidth you give your brain by the fuel you put into it um physically and 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 through you know uh not only physically but mentally and spiritually you know if that makes sense i know we're kind of just talking about the brain but you know there are many many ways that you that you that many habits that you partake in in many and like in a range of different um categories uh that affect your mind and and increase your bandwidth and it kind of just turns you into this I don't know, almost like this super soldier uh, in the way that you think, you know what I mean? Um, so, you know, it's almost like similar to the way like once you wrestle, you know, everything they say in, in wrestling, once you wrestle, everything in life is easy, you know, um, because the way you think through just the act of practicing wrestling moves, it changes. Like you begin to see things and be able to think three dimensionally because a lot of what's in wrestling, a lot of what's in sports actually, you know, you might have felt like a significant jump in your cognition, a significant jump in your life when you actually played sports. You've ever played sports because a lot of the seven habits are actually, you know, intermittent or interlaced within sports routines. Um, crazy enough, which if you want to learn the seven habits, www.socialskillsfordummies.com slash seven habits, the number seven, not the, not the letter seven, letter, not the word seven. So I did want to say about that though, you know, um, I'm probably going to open up a waiting list and everybody's on a, who's on a waiting list will guarantee get the seven habits for free. Um, I'll probably put it up today or tomorrow or the day after it'll be www.socialskillsfordummies.com slash wait, just the word W A I T www.socialskillsfordummies.com slash wait 
and you can join the waitlist uh, and you'll get the seven habits shot over to you for free you won't even have to think about it after that um, because if you wait to March 14th when the seven habits actually drop I don't know what I'm gonna price that for or anything like that but you'll guarantee get it for free if you get it on the waitlist okay uh, and you also get a sneak peek at the 29 day natural which is you take the seven habits and we do them together so that you can actually get the goal that you want so you get a sneak peek at, at that and all types of crazy stuff I'm not sure what I'm going to do with it, but www.socialskillsfordummies.com slash wait. You should check on it to see if it's up now. Um, if it's not up now, check again tomorrow. I'll probably have it up by Friday or Saturday, uh, March 2nd or 3rd. So uh, with that being said, I'll tell you on the podcast when I have it up. The ads on the end of the podcast. Listen to the end of the podcast. Listen to the ads. It don't change. But I'll say that to say, like, the best way to learn how to tell jokes is 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 to implement you know the habits that deplete your natural extroversion removes your inhibitions and then your natural process of telling jokes will come to the surface like you're already good at telling jokes you're already around friends and you're cracking jokes and you're you ever been with a friend and you die laughing from something you said you're already like a 10 out of 10 you're a masterful comedian at telling jokes it's just that you don't have proper access to it because of the way you're running your software in your body or your hardware in your body um I was reading a book, Levels of Energy, recently, and they said humor is a very high level of energy, you know, and so most people can't access humor because their level of energy is so low. The seven habits are meant to boost, essentially, your level of energy if you're into the spiritual stuff, Um, and the higher you get on an energetic scale, the more, you know, levels above you, you have access to. You know, that's why people who are, you know, um, maybe always angry or sad or depressed they have very low habitual states emotional states energetic states whatever you want to call them you know they're not cracking jokes they're not having conversations a lot it's like when you're sad or when you're depressed or when you're down you kind of withdraw you know you don't even have the bandwidth to have a conversation let alone you know operate on a level where you can actually crack jokes and have a good conversation so a lot of it is just about you know just 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 the pleading what's under the surface that's that's jamming up your bandwidth you know that's jamming you up with your inhib- with inhibitions based in fear um but let's get to the actual practical thing because you know there's an art to telling jokes too you know um one of the things you know i think as you level up as you move through the energetic levels and become more of yourself that you'll begin to understand naturally is that human beings like you know they had they, they, they kind of play a game of follow the leader. You know, um, Owen Cook, the guy I look up to for social skills, he calls it the law of state transference. And I believe he said it was based off like the neurons in our head. Like they look at people and they can define how they should feel based on how the other person should feel. Like, and I've experienced this a lot in my life. Like, you know, I'll be on Instagram or something like that and I'll see a funny comedian's video and I won't laugh. And I'll look at the comments and it'll be laughing emojis and I'll just start laughing. Like, you know, just based on like, you know, we kind of, our brains are kind of, kind of like, like we teach other people how to react and how to feel. Um, and so one of the number one tips that I can give you about telling good jokes is always tell jokes that you think are genuinely funny as hell. Like only tell the jokes that you think don't, don't, here's the thing. Only tell the jokes that in a moment you think are perfectly funny. Like it's the funniest thing you could think of, you know, only tell those jokes. That's tip number one. Um, Tip number two is don't store, don't can jokes. You know, uh, tell jokes on the spot. Tell jokes immediately when you feel the urge to tell them. Not before, 
not after once that ship is sailed it sailed jokes are like food they have to be fresh off the oven so you have to tell a joke immediately when you feel it and it has to be something that you genuinely think is funny if you tell a joke and you look for validation to other people they're gonna they're gonna receive what you're putting out like okay he's uncertain and they're not gonna know how to feel they're gonna be confused you have to tell a joke that's so funny that by the time you finish telling it you die and laugh and you don't care about nothing in the world um because that's gold man like within a conversation within a social environment the, like somebody dying laughing humor itself is is pure gold you know we watch videos of people on the internet dying laughing at jokes like like it was a, like a like a streamer guy a twitch guy and his friend were in a room and it was just a clip of them dying laughing at a joke that was well, that was told we didn't even know the joke but we're just watching a video of them dying laughing and we're laughing at it because they're dying laughing you know like there's nothing better in a conversation than you just emitting and radiating good energy humor like the energy and humor without checking to see if somebody approves of it without asking permission for it you have to just come out with it um you know another thing about jokes is the only good joke in my opinion now there's you know exceptions to everything obviously i gotta i'm kind of making this off the cuff but this is something i've just found like when i'm reflecting on it just now a lot of times the only like the device of a joke is to make somebody feel like they're understood like they're part of something like a secret brotherhood or sisterhood and that you have listened to them that you understand them so a perfect example is like uh you know, in, in marketing, Russell Brunson has, he, he um, has in his books something called the prolific index. Okay. And the prolific index is essentially a scale of whether content is right, right to put out or not uh, based on whether, you know, the content is, is unique enough or whether it's, you know, so, so if you look at the prolific scale, it's like a scale, uh, like a radio, uh, or it's like a, it's like a bar. Okay. And on two, and on both sides, it's a spectrum, okay. On both sides ends of the spectrum, it's the crazy zone, okay. And those are pieces of content, or in this, or in this example, jokes that are just completely outlandish. And in his crazy zone, like in, in marketing, you have to have messages that are unique enough, but not too crazy, you know. And so that's the prolific zone. It's unique enough to where it'll hit and it'll catch on because it's new and it's fresh, but it's not new. Like it's not outlandish. And so in the crazy zones, he gave an example that of like a, like a product, something that somebody was trying to market or, or a fad or something like that. And the fad was essentially that you can eat and nourish yourself by staring at the sun like that. That's completely crazy. You know, that doesn't make sense. So the easier side of the spectrum is the crazy zones. The middle of the, of, of the spectrum is the mainstream and so those are things that you know everybody says already those are old used non-fresh ideas that no one wants to hear in the first place and so in terms of jokes it's like the cashier asks you if you want a bag and you say you got one at home they say oh the change is 1974 you say that was a good year you know it's just like knock knock who's there like you know these are not funny jokes you know, these are jokes that we've heard a thousand percent and they're, they're mainstream jokes. So they're broad and overarching and they really can apply to anyone. It's not unique to the situation. If you tell that joke to somebody, they're not going to feel heard. They're not going to feel specific to them. They're not going to feel like they're part of a secret society. The only good jokes are inside jokes in my personal opinion, you know? And so I say that to say your jokes have to be in a prolific zone. Like the prolific zone, first off, it only produces new and fresh jokes by its nature. But the way I would approach jokes is... I wouldn't tell a joke that was unique only to me or you or general to society, but I would tell a joke that's specific and can be held between us, even if I met a stranger and I was just talking to him. And so 
an example, um, like like this, let's say I'm at a casino, okay, I, I work at the casino, and you know I met a homie at the casino who likes the UFC, um, and so we've been chatting for like a few weeks, and like he's been telling me about the UFC, I can tell he's a, a big fan of it, and so we go up to like uh, we get assignments when we first start working. And, you know, some of us, they don't like the assignments that we get. You know, um, there are many games throughout the casino. And what assignment is, is they send us to a particular section for the first half of our shift. So there are games like Blackjack. There are games like UTH, Ultimate Texas Hold'em. There are games like Baccarat. And a lot of people don't like Baccarat. A lot of people don't like Blackjack. A lot of people don't like Three Card and these different games. And so we go up to the board. If I'm with homie at the board, you know, uh, I know he likes the UFC. Most of the people around us, they probably don't watch the UFC. But... You know, if me and him are standing there and they send him or me to one of the sections that we don't like, I do like the commentary thing. I'm like, oh, he's hurt. He's hurt. Like Joe Rogan say. And we are die laughing at that every single time because it's like, okay, they don't know what we're talking about, but we know. Like, it's an inside joke. It's not a joke that's completely mainstream and it's not completely outlandish to where it's something I just made up in my head like a delusion. It's in that perfect zone to where it's like, yeah, it's like our secret language that nobody else get, but we get each other. And I understand you and I've listened to you because I'm telling you something that you like. Okay, I'm, I'm reiterating to you something that you like. Um... Another example is like, you know, uh, okay, I live in California. Let's say go back to the casino again. Um, you know, uh, let's, let's, uh, so it's me and it's a couple supervisors in there that are black, but it's not many people that are black on our shift. And so, um, you know, I know one of my supervisors, he's black. Uh, he likes, he likes, he, he listens, he, he used to listen to Kanye a lot. Um, and follow him a lot and things like that. He talks about Kanye sometimes. So I know he knows Kanye. Okay. Um, you know, we'll just, we'll just be talking back and forth sometimes and maybe I like I lean over like and ask uh, somebody a question, and they won't answer me. And so I looked him dead in the eye, and I was like, "I guess we'll never know." Which is what Kanye said when he finished his Grammy speech, that his first Grammy speech, I think. You know, we laughing because like they don't know what that quote is. Like they don't know why we're laughing, but we're laughing because we understand each other, and because I'm demonstrating to you that I've listened to the things that you say. You know, um, one of the easiest ways to do it is just to like, you know, if somebody says something funny. Or, or, or makes a comment about somebody like you know uh, I was talking to a dealer recently and this dealer was saying she was saying uh you know yeah like you should be a dealer uh you know and get money like you know and then she was telling me on the other hand that she likes this guy who works as a banker and and I'm like and, and she wants him to you know to take her out to dinner or something like that and I'm like yeah no nah, she's like he can't afford Mastro's and I'm like yeah he remember he's still a banker he broke and like just referring to what she said earlier about okay you should become a dealer and that a lot of people become dealers because they get money like the best jokes are inside jokes because you know it's gathering content based on the history you have with a person based off listening to somebody um based off the unique things that only you and them can understand and so that only you can joke about that and it's also like a moat around your jokes because it's like you know you relate to people on a level that you both have in common how many people out in the world have in common with that person the same things you have in common not many people like you might relate to that person on Kanye they might relate to other person might relate to them on the fact that they're athletes and they both play tennis I might relate to some like somebody because they're a wrestler and so the jokes that we have about being wrestlers or about being black or about being this or third they're unique and individual to us and so only you can pay that per you know can pay you can give that currency and so just to review 
A joke has to be absolutely funny to you. It has to be something that you think is hilarious. It has to be kind of outlandish, but not too outlandish. It has to be completely away from the mainstream and away from the crazy zone. And it has to be kind of like an inside joke that shows that you care about what this person's saying. That shows that you listen to this person. That shows that you follow, like even in the past, some of the things that this person laughed at or think is funny. And you can reiterate it. Um, but largely, all of this comes from a leap in your energy. All of this comes from building up your energy through the process of devoting yourself to it. Um, devoting yourself to, to being that person. Keeping and maintaining the right habits that boost your life, that boost your energy, that boost your brain, that boost your cognition, that boost everything. Okay? So that's really all it comes down to. First off, you have to get the inhibitions out of your way that are stopping you from telling the jokes that you know how to tell. And then you can, then you can work and narrow down your craft by being a better listener, by listening and mining the gold from the conversations that you have with people. So I'll probably make a more in detailed episode about this soon, but this is just some of the things that I've been learning taking the 30 day challenge for myself. Like it's been a hell of a time, I'll be honest. Um, if you want to take the 30 day challenge, go to www. Or, or if you want to download the seven habits that I'm implementing to, to, to boost everything in my life, essentially, to step into my natural extroversion, not to go out a million nights a week and grow my social skills or anything crazy like that, but to boost my natural extroversion by actually removing the thing that's making me introverted, the sickness, the illness that's making me introverted, not by getting 100K or being a high value, this, that, and a third, but actually being the person that I'm made to be by following the habits that allow me to be that person. If you want to do that, Go to www.socialskillsfordummies.com slash seven habits and it'll teach you the seven habits that you need to follow to actually go to undergo this process, this metamorphosis. Okay, so I want you to go to www.socialskillsfordummies.com slash seven habits, the number seven habits on March 14th. That's in 14 days, March 14th, and you'll be able to download the seven habits. Now, if you want to get in line ahead of the time and guarantee that you'll be able to get and download these seven habits for free www.socialskillsfordummies.com slash wait www.socialskillsfordummies.com slash w-a-i-t wait okay and there'll be a wait list you'll be able to sign up and we'll shoot you over on march 14th the seven habits for free we might even send you the seven habits early and you'll be able to check out what i call the 29 day natural which is you and me basically in a group and we're going to or in sometimes one-on-one and i'm going to help you implement the seven habits so uh, so that you can guarantee the change that you want. So if you're interested in that, www.socialskillsfordummies.com slash wait. If you want to learn more about this, listen beyond this point to the end of the podcast where you hear the beep and the ad will teach you all about it. Um, when you when the wait list is up, we're going to change the ad to talk about the wait list. And I'll tell you about it in the next episode. Couple, uh, next episode. So I want you to keep up with this podcast, keep up with the 30-day challenge um, to learn more about it and to really change your life this year. Like you're three months into the year, two months into the year, complete it. Like, do you want this to be the same as every other year you experience? Do you want this to be the same as the life that you were already projected to live? Are you in love with the life you live in or are you hating it? Are you in love with the way you relate to people or do you hate it? You can change it once and for all. Okay, so take this opportunity to do so. www.socialskillsfordummies.com slash seven habits, the number seven habits on March 14th. Okay, with that being said, I appreciate you so much for listening. Peace out.